Muslims.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already here. This is the people's war. It is our war. We are the fighters. Fight it then. Fight it with all that is in us. And may God defend the right. Warning, warning. We gotta stop them. They're gonna kill us all. See how the trouble you've started? Be they a government, be they industry, be they organized labor, be they anyone, or human beings. Behind, when the operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart, that you can't take part, you can't even passively take part, and you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop, and you've got to win the game to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. Revolution Radio of FreedomSlips.com, the number one listener-supported talk radio station, throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. You call down the thunder, well now you've got it. Right. You tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! Revolution Radio. We did not engage in conflict that was out of line with our mission. Is it disloyal? Is it sedition? Is it treason to oppose the hands of tyranny? Never! I will never send troops anywhere on a mission of that kind without telling them that if somebody shoots at them, they can darn well shoot back. I know not what course others may take. But as for me, give me liberty! Oh, give me! A dark cloud is finally lifting across the world as U.S. military intelligence and their global partners are destroying the deep state criminal power structure that has ruled over our planet for hundreds of years. We are free with the God-given rights, and we shall not yield that right to any power on Earth. Hi, I'm Scott McKay. The world is at, and I am your host on The Tipping Point. On Revolution Radio, where every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, we bring you the latest in this ensuing takedown of this global criminal empire. That's an image of strength. You'll get the raw, hard truth here on The Tipping Point. So come join us Mondays, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, in Studio B at Revolution.Radio. Thanks for listening while we took that short break here at Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com. And now we're going to get back to your host. All right, here we go. <coughs> it's, um, it's 4 o'clock, just after 4 o'clock in the UK. And uh, it's 11 o'clock in the States on the East Coast. I'm in Newcastle Central Station. This is a show called Free Association. Uh, my name is Dennis. I'm here every Saturday afternoon. Um, I don't have a show today, though, really. I was going to go up and, and do a show from, from Gay Pride, but I didn't do it. Um, it would have been too busy, and it started to rain, and I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't feeling it. When I, when I was thinking about it this morning, I wasn't really feeling it. So I'll go up there tomorrow, maybe, and do a podcast from up there. But today, I don't think live shows, live shows from the middle of a field probably asking for trouble really at least if I go up and record something tomorrow I've got a fighting chance of getting some 
some kind of show out of it with two or three attempts. So this is freedomslips.com. It's Revolution Radio. Uh, we're listener supported. Two studios running more or less 24 hours a day. We rely on, on people like you to keep it going with donations and buying merchandise and all that sort of thing. So we appreciate your help uh, to keep things running. If you can, make a donation. Freedomslips.com is the place to go. Or revolution.radio. And uh, yeah, if you can, then we appreciate it. If you can't, then come into the chat room, say hello there, support us that way. All right, good. It sounded a bit burbly on my end earlier on when uh, when the law show was on, but it, as long as it's sounding good on your end, that's fine. I'll take your word for it. Let me know, Captain Fred, if anything goes goes wrong with the sound. Let me know. I'm just gonna. I think I'm probably just going to end up talking to the chat room today because that's it's a it's an open format show. So if you want to if you want to jump on or you want to have a conversation from the chat room, feel free. Uh, what what am I going to do? Let's let's start with uh, start with the week. I always I always kind of start with my week. So I've got to remember back to what I was what I was doing this week. I had a conversation with the job centre again yesterday. Uh, it's a it's a regular thing on a Friday now. That's the that's the day they put me put me in for an appointment. So I'm happy. I I was going to go to Rebels on Roundabouts yesterday, but I wasn't feeling that either. I don't know what's going on with the with my vibing at the moment, but I'm not feeling it. So I didn't I didn't do the protest on the bridge, which would have been just after the appointment of the job centre. It kind of works out all right. Because the, the appointment of the job centre is 3.15, it lasts about 15 minutes. But the job centre is literally on the time bridge now. So all I've got to do is walk across from the north side of the bridge to the south side. And I'm at the demonstration. So it's perfect. It's a perfect setup for that particular week when we're on the time bridge. It's an absolutely perfect setup. But I wasn't feeling it yesterday and I don't know why. So same as I'm... Yeah, I just I don't know what's going on. So I left I left everything open, and I wasn't feeling it on on the actual time of, of being at the on the time bridge. I wasn't I wasn't feeling it. Same as I wasn't really feeling I wasn't really feeling the show this afternoon. But I'm here and I'm gonna I'm gonna just work out a format as I go along. We will start with the entertainment section on BitChute though, because that'll that'll. Uh, cover a little bit of time and I know roughly speaking what's there because I had a look yesterday so go through a little bit of that so I know everybody uses BitChute for news and politics clips but I watch the movies and I watch the TV shows from there so we've got the what we've, what's been uploaded in the last kind of 24-48 hours we've got the Philadelphia experiment which is a movie from the 80s. Yankee Doodle Dandy, which is a, a Jimmy Cagney movie from, is that the 30s? 1942. 1942 it is. Uh, we've got uh, an episode of Boardwalk Empire. Somebody's uploading season two of Boardwalk Empire. We've got the Phantom from 10,000 Fat. 10,000 10, leagues, I'll say that again slowly, 
The Phantom from 10,000 Leagues, which is an all black and white, uh, looks like a B movie, hour and 20 minutes. We've got The Fog, which is a James Herbert, it's a, no, it's a movie of a James Herbert novel. We've got two different versions of the time machine. So there's a 1960 version, and then there's a 2002 version, which which had Guy Pearce in it. I've seen both of them. Uh, the George Powell version, the 1960 version, we watched it when I was at school. So I must have been about 10 years old, maybe 9, 10, 11 years old, something like that. Thoroughly enjoyed it, though. Great movie. H.G. Wells. H.G. Wells has got something going on where he could he could see things that other people couldn't see. So there's, there's a couple of documentaries on here. Birds of Paradise, which looks like a documentary. Hunger at Sea, The Hunt, which looks like a documentary. I don't know what that one is. There's a Judy Garland movie called The Clock. From 1945. So lots of movies, lots of old movies. V for Vengeance. Uh, 2022, that's a movie as well. They've got um, somebody's uploading season three of Stranger Things. Superman 4 The Quest for Peace which I don't remember being particularly good if I've ever seen it. It didn't stand out in my memory at all. But the, the original Christopher Reeve Superman is on here as well, as is Superman 2, both of which are good movies. And Superman 3 is on here as well, which is... Uh, is that the Richard Pryor? I think that's the Richard Pryor Superman. So there's lots of stuff going on on BitChute. We've got the Justice League. That's a four-hour version. Four-hour version of Justice League. And then we've got some season two of The Monkeys. If you're into the old, the old Monkeys TV show, then BitChute is a place to be. And still people uploading Black Adder. So if, if you like Black Adder, if you like Rowan Atkinson, which I certainly do, in, in Black Adder at least, I'm not keen on uh, the other stuff that he does necessarily, but uh, I do like Black Adder. All right, now I've accidentally come across a piece by Vernon Coleman called Nothing Happening. Nothing's Happening by Accident. So I'm going to play a bit of that, I think. I like Vernon Coleman. Let me screen share. Hang on. Right. Do everything in the right order and it works perfectly. If you do it in the wrong order, it ain't gonna work. So here we go. Here's Vernon Coleman. Two and this is video number three hundred and fourteen. All around the world, governments are crumbling. The only certainty is that the lies will be followed by yet more lies. Doris Johnson's gone, drowned in a cesspit of his own design. 
Assassination in Japan, Sri Lanka's presidential palace has been burning. Biden, Macron, Trudeau and co are all in deep trouble. As is that maniac in New Zealand and is there anyone in charge in Australia? It's all leading us by our noses into the world government they've been planning for years. Schwab, Gates, Blair, Prince Charles, a Rothschild or two, a Rockefeller or two and so on. Look around these days and you'll see an absence of hope in people's eyes, despair and a sad acceptance of the manufactured reality, a willingness to do anything they're told to do. Did you notice, by the way, that Blair, Britain's best-known war criminal, is trying to resurrect the ID card that was thrown out years ago? His unique selling point now is that it will thwart illegal immigrants, which has the virtue of being funny, if nothing else. They lied when they said there was a pandemic in 2020. There wasn't one. They lied when they said there was a pandemic in 2021. There wasn't one. They lied about the Covid jabs. They didn't work and they were toxic. They lied about masks, which managed to be useless and dangerous at the same time. They lied about the climate emergency. There isn't one. Russia's invasion of Ukraine was deliberately triggered by the West and never had anything more to do with us than the last Russian invasion of Ukraine a few years ago, or the wars currently killing hundreds of thousands in Yemen and Syria. The war in Russia is a designer war. It was triggered because the conspirators knew it would result in oil and food shortages and hundreds of millions of deaths in Africa and Asia. Only fools and the BBC can't see what's happening. Nothing is happening by accident. We're living in a totalitarian society. There's no more press freedom in the UK or America or Australia or Canada or around Europe than there is in Russia, Hong Kong or those totalitarian communist regimes which cause so much heartache among members of Amnesty International and the even blinder readers of Bill Gates' financially compromised chums at the Guardian newspaper. Freedom of speech is the basic building block of democracy. But the Guardian, like the BBC, distorts the truth without hesitation. At least the BBC is honest about suppressing the truth. The Guardian's one of the most toxic supporters of the conspiracy. And whatever happened to the grandly named International Consortium of Investigative Journalists? Even if they can't recognise the truth when they see it, they should at least have the decency to ensure that doctors with an alternative point of view aren't suppressed, silenced and demonised. And where's Amnesty International when you need them? There's no free speech in Britain, America, EU, Australasia or most of the rest of the world. The conspirators deliberately created fear. The Covid fraud was always about fear and compliance. And they're deliberately dividing young against old, men against women, black against white. They've manufactured stories about racism and sexism in order to create divisions and distrust. It makes us easier to control if we're fighting among ourselves. The unfathomable, endless complaints about nicknames and childish nonsense results in endless wringing of hands, pathetic groveling, bleatings and the eventual destruction of anything of cultural or historical value. They're even doing everything they can to ruin summer by pretending we're living in some incredible heatwave. It's summer! We get a bit of sunshine. You can tell when propaganda is inspired by the 
conspirators, and the heat hoax is a good example. When critics of a hoax are hammered and demonised, then you know that the hoax or fraud has been created by the conspirators, usually to try and push people into accepting the global warming confidence trick. The constant onslaught of lies and uncertainty and the deliberate attempts to divide people by sex, by race, by age, by family, have created uncertainty and emotional chaos. Big brothers training people to do exactly what they're told, just like that TV series. The most important trick among magicians is to make people look the other way, and that's the trick the conspirators are using. The media dazzles us with superficial nonsense. Harry and Meghan, for example, knowing that while we're distracted, they can magic away our freedom. There's constant talk amongst millennial liberals of a four-day working week and the importance of a work-life balance. But someone has to be prepared to work if the country is to make, be made to work. Most under-40s have no idea just how close we are to the edge of a cliff. There are nearly one and a half million vacant jobs in the UK and over five million people at home on benefits which the country can't afford. Farms everywhere are struggling with new regulations. Young people don't want to work on farms because the work's too hard. In the UK, the average age for farmers is 59. The average hill farmer grossed £15,000 last year. They'd have been better off on benefits. An astonishing 4 million European farms have shut in recent years, encouraged or disencouraged by EU regulations designed to destroy farming and make way for laboratory food. Farmers in the UK have cut food production because their costs have soared and the climate change nutters still want a third of all our land to be covered with ragwort, hogweed, brambles, nettles and Japanese knotweed. They call it rewilding. Actually, there's no other conceivable explanation for rewilding than that it's planned to kill billions of people. For centuries, the amount of land used for producing crops and livestock has been steadily rising. Now the figure is going the other way. Global agricultural land in use more than quadrupled between 1700 and 1960, when the conspirators started working, and it's been declining steadily since the start of the millennium. The dreaded Gates, chum of Epstein and the financial partner with the treacherous BBC, is buying up more and more of America. I wonder why. Talking of climate change nutters, I see that Prince Charles took more than 20 private flights within the UK to avoid being stuck in traffic. That was when he wasn't collecting a couple of million quid in plastic bags. Why do we put up with this? And in case you missed it, the UK government received a report that all UK airports must close before the end of this decade and that all new building construction must stop in the same time frame and there can be no beef or no, and no lamb. They didn't ask you to vote for any of that, did they? It's not surprising that food shortages are coming very fast. Within the EU, there's already talk of food rationing. Food and fuel rationing are, I believe, inevitable, and they'll be controlled by an app. Electricity supplies will be controlled with the smart meters so many people have in their homes. 
Cash is being demonised and many shops now refuse to accept cash. Citizens are forced to do everything via an app. Schools are introducing social credit point schemes to control their students. We're only a few months away from a society which will be just as oppressive as China's. A dear friend tried to buy a ticket for a cricket match. They wanted to know his ethnicity and his gender just because he wanted to watch a cricket match. Maybe they want to limit the ticket sales to white men. All right, that's Vernon Coleman. He's getting a bit morbid and a bit dystopian. So I'm going to switch to something completely different now. Uh, I was watching a, a piece on YouTube about Michael McDonald before the show started, and I think that's probably the vibe I want to go for. Vernon's a, a little bit pessimistic. So let's go for something a little bit more steely, Dan. Backup vocals for everything we say. How's he gonna know what we're saying? Tight harmonies in a warm baritone or a rich falsetto voice that somehow make everything feel smooth and soulful. For a long time, I've been amazed at how many people's records I have heard this sound on and wanted to figure out why, so I decided to make this video. Michael McDonald got his start in the 1960s, playing with his father first and then with R&B musicians in the area, even backing Chuck Berry from time to time. He really admired these R&B heroes of his and started to build his own sound, both vocally and on the keys. In California, in the early 70s, he was working as a session musician, even with the Wrecking Crew sometimes, and he caught a break when he tried out to sing backing vocals and be a board player with Steely Dan's touring band in 1974. Listen to him tell how he got the gig. That really uh, came about through my friend Jeff Picaro. And Jeff Picaro called me and uh, said, you got to come down and audition for this gig. I think you might be, you might fit right in. And, I was very nervous, and I threw my piano in my Pinto and drove down there, and he goes, you got the gig. He goes, and he taught me to play their songs, and I, uh, you know, I learned so much just from that process of, you know, seeing how they voice their chords, and, and it was a thrill for me, because this, you know, not many times in your life do you get the gig with a band that at that moment in time is your favorite band in the world, you know. Steely Dan was finding their own sound in the early 70s. Their debut album, Can't Buy a Thrill, produced the hits Reeling in the Years, Do It Again, and Dirty Work, which was actually sung by David Palmer. Fagan had a reluctance to be the lead singer at the time, but the band decided that he was to be the main voice of the group, and they kept working and touring heavily. Fagan and Becker decided around 1973 that their music was suffering because they were exhausted from touring all the time. They decided to get a more polished sound hiring session musicians, and being meticulous about everything, sometimes requiring these musicians to do 40 takes before they were satisfied. Pretzel Logic included the band's biggest hit, Ricky Don't Lose That Number. But Becker and Fagan weren't satisfied, and they began to look for a different sound. They began to experiment with their sound in the studio with the help of Gary Katz and Roger Nichols. 
Katie Lied is the first album that McDonald sang on. I think that the song Bad Sneakers is the heaviest dose we got of Michael McDonald on this album. It's where we really get introduced to that Michael McDonald sound. Michael McDonald tells us about the reason he thinks Steely Dan hired him. But I want, you know, I, I, the only reason I got the gig was I could sing the high parts in my full voice. <laughs> Donald said, you know, you don't play all that well, but you can sing all those high parts in your full voice. That's amazing. You know? Here's an example of those high vocals in full voice. When His keyboard chops may have been still developing at that point, but I think it was clear that he was capable of singing any crazy vocal harmony that Becker and Fagan wrote for him. One of my favorites is this subtle yet beautiful section of Rose Darling. Rose Darling. McDonald sang backing vocals on all but two tracks of Katie Lied really deeply saturated into the Steely Dan sound at this point. McDonald's vocals can be heard on the next two albums sprinkled here and there, but most notably on the song Peg from the Asia album. Listening to McDonald talk about what it was like to work with the meticulous Fagan and Becker. I had worked with them enough to kind of know what I was in for, you know. <laughs> certain words that they just wanted to hear a certain way that, you know, normally under normal, normal circumstances, people wouldn't, you know, they kind of, this is the words, you hear the parts, uh, you sing it, and, you know, uh, that's the phrasing. But for those guys, uh, phrasing could have such a nuance. How many different ways can you say it in that phrasing rhythmically, and you know? But it would be, it would come down to such fine points like uh, pronunciation and vibrato, no vibrato. You know. And listen to Fagan and Becker messing around with McDonald's isolated vocals in the studio. On top of himself. All in 3D, foreign movies. Let's check out his high part just to embarrass him. Cool. Back to you. Okay. Back to you. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. It's worth noting that Steely Dan has used many other extremely talented backing vocalists over the years, achieving stellar textures without McDonald throughout their existence as well. By the time Gaucho was recorded in 1980, they only used Michael McDonald on Time Out of Mind. And his stint with Steely Dan was over for the time being anyway. In 1976, the lead singer for the Doobie Brothers, Tom Johnston, began having health problems. The Doobie Brothers already had a sound, an unmistakable sound. Their hits included Jesus is Just Alright with Me, Listen to the Music, Black Water, between 71 and 75 with Tom Johnston as their frontman. But when Johnston's ulcers took him out of commission, Michael McDonald was called in kind of as an emergency replacement. Jeff Skunk Baxter, who had known him from his work with Steely Dan and had just left the Dan to work with the Doobie Brothers, was the one that recommended him. When McDonald joined the Doobie Brothers, their sound began to change drastically. Instead of being guitar and rhythmically driven, it changed. 
not only because of McDonald's voice, but because of his keyboard sensibilities as well. His recently acquired jazz voicings knowledge from Steely Dan started to seep into the music. The new sound was introduced to the world on the Taken It to the Streets album that reached number eight on the Billboard pop charts. The title track, as well as It Keeps You Running, were the biggest hits from the album, and those were the tracks that McDonald sang lead vocals on. Later doobie hits with McDonald as the front man include You Belong to Me, What a Fool Believes, and Minute by Minute. But at some point, anyone who was anyone started to take notice of this amazing new sound they were hearing on the airwaves. Artist after artist wanted that Michael McDonald sound on their records. Listen to Kenny Loggins talk about the first time he heard Michael McDonald. Well, um, when I first heard Living on a Fault Line, uh, I was blown away by Michael's material, and I really wanted to write with him. And that was early on in Loggins and Messina. So it took a while to get to each other, but but the, what I heard was that Michael was looking to write with me and I was looking to write with him. So the managers arranged for us to write together at his house. And uh, I remember pulling up to his house and the front door to his house is open and I'm hearing him noodle on ideas. And as I'm walking up to the front door, I hear dun, dun, which of course I was by then I was a huge fan and I was like oh my god that's a great riff. Loggins went on to say this in an LA Times article it wasn't in a self-conscious way where we knew that we were at the start of a movement or anything pretentious like that we were just on fire with this new kind of music that was happening. The main thing that I learned is that when you record a song that you've written with Michael he has to be on the piano. No studio piano player comes anywhere near what he does because he's self-taught and he learned from the direction of black gospel and artists like Ray Charles. With Michael, the feel of the tune is always in his hands. I think his melodic forms are all about pocket and all about the essential elements of that melody. Keep it simple. The two would go on to co-write, minute by minute, what a fool believes, heart to heart, this is it, she's dangerous, and many more songs including one that they collaborated with Thundercat on more recently. There's something about his voice, the way he plays keys, and the way he understands that Motown sound that made everybody want to record with him. So not only had Michael McDonald enhanced the sound of Steely Dan, completely changed the sound of the Doobie Brothers, essentially splitting the catalog into the Johnston years and the McDonald years, but as everyone became hip to the sound, McDonald's voice became kind of a coveted item in this new 
smooth jazz meets pop sound that would later be dubbed Yacht Rock in 2005. Before you knew it, his voice was all over the radio with Patti LaBelle. James Ingram. Toto. David Peck. Nicolette Larson. Little Feet. Elton John. Sometimes these artists just wanted a little taste of that sound, just a little bit, even so little that it would be kind of humorous at times. And I would argue that not only was his voice all over the airwaves, but people started to imitate his keyboard playing style as well. Just for the record, I love that track by Robbie Dupree. But I think that keyboard riff sounds a lot like What a Fool Believes. McDonald has had a successful career as a solo artist, and he continues to be on the road constantly with the Dan. The Doobies. With his collaborator friends at the Hollywood Bowl. Coach Ella with Thundercat. even at his own tiny desk during 2020. I'm sure that you'll agree that he's still bringing that secret sauce wherever he performs. As Jimmy Fallon, Justin Timberlake, and the man himself proved back in 2013, you can never have too much of that Michael McDonald sound. If you like to watch videos like this, all right. I thought that was, I, I enjoyed that when I watched it earlier on, so it's worth playing. It's a, I don't. I'll never get away with it on Spotify. I'll have to edit it out or just not post the show as a podcast or whatever. But it's fun. And and I like it. And you can only you can only be dystopian for so long. I think I can do about twenty minutes of dystopian, and then I have to have something else. And I don't mind. I'll jump between the two. I'll jump between optimistic and pessimistic. I'll jump between dystopian science fiction and and cartoons or whatever whatever it is. But I'm not staying. I'm not staying in the dystopia. I I will not stay there. 
I'll visit and I'll examine it and I'll describe it and I'll offer potential solutions, but I'm not staying there. Because the world doesn't need me in a dystopia. It's, it's about, like, you're living a life. If I'm living a life, I want to have some fun in it. I don't mind being miserable now and again. It's part of life. But but I'm not staying there forever. I'm not, I'm just not doing it. I'm not doing, I'm not doing vaccines. I'm not doing ID cards. I'm not doing chips in the back of my hand to pay for a coffee. I'm not doing any of that. It's just like, you keep it. I don't want it. I don't want it. I'm not having it. It's nothing to do with me. Take it away. All right, yeah. So I don't know where we go with the show from there, but but uh, we've had Michael McDonald and we've had Vernon Coleman. I'll find something else, but it might uh, I might have to distract myself with something a bit more, a bit cheerful as well. Let's see what we got. A little bit further down on BitChute. The trouble with BitChute is you're always going to get a large collection of dystopia on here. Even that Vernon Coleman was in the entertainment section. So there you go. I mean, he is he is an entertainer, really, as much as anything. But, uh, let's see. Oh, I know what I was going to do. Can't remember where that was, though. Was that on, was that on Odyssey? Oh, what was it? It was... Um, I can't remember, man. I was watching something this morning that was worth... It was about five minutes worth or ten minutes worth. And it was it was about people manipulating. It was dystopian, but it was but it was interesting. It was about people being people's minds being manipulated. Call it um, oracular genetics or something. I don't know. Can't remember what you call it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna put genetics into search it odyssey and see what comes up and hopefully it might come up you know oh did i put it in a i put it onto a playlist i think so let's have a look that way around i don't even know how to get to my playlists on odyssey if i'm honest about it uh, no i don't know how to get to them uh it might have don't know. I don't know whether it was on BitChute, so it's that one's obviously not going to happen because I can't remember where it was, and I can't remember the name of it, so it's gone. That one's gone. I'll play that another time. I'll find it, and I'll play it another time. And there was a, there was a TED Talk that I was watching that, was, that I thought was worth playing as well that I put on a playlist here. But uh, again, I have no clue how to get to my playlists on on YouTube, so I'm not going to worry about that either. I'm just going to ramble until something else turns up. I'm having trouble with with YouTube because I'm not paying for a premium subscription anymore. So it's just endless advertising, and I'm I'm a sucker for adverts on YouTube. I've discovered this. I'm a complete sucker for adverts on YouTube. I'll I'll click any anything and everything. I just, I will, so, I, so I've got to be selective about what I watch. Because I'll end up, like, buying stuff that I don't need, or... Oh, there's the police going past, or whatever. That's a fire, I think that was a fire engine, but... 
it's an endless amount of sirens which is really annoying at three o'clock in the morning but where I live is it's the center of town and it's it does get it gets ridiculously noisy uh, I think I'm just going to talk to the chat room for 20 minutes that that's probably a better solution Ooh. So I'm going to say hello to the people in the chat room. Let's have a look at the visitors list. Uh, we've got Manifesto Susie Q, WH Devo, Doc Times in there, Salmon MG, uh, Monster 383's been in, Fleeced has been in, Blessing was in, Mist is, all, is still here, uh, Malia's been in, Sari Sunflower's been in recently. Uh, Pat Rabbit and Crow have all been in recently so that's the chat room for for the moment there's two chat rooms so I'm, I'm in both of them but I, I can only talk to one set of people at a time I think so at the moment I'm in the chatty chat room yeah Doc I think you uh, you guys are much more fun than then the mind, yeah, the mind control, sensory disorientation. I think they, I think they're using the sirens to exaggerate what's going on all the time. I think it's we're on the Time Bridge doing our protest, and the number of ambulances that go past with with sirens blaring is unreal. There can't be that many sick people in Newcastle in the space of two hours for 15 ambulances to go backwards and forwards, all with sirens blaring. I think I think they've 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 started doing it during the pandemic to exaggerate what's going on, and they've, they're sticking with it. So that it means the the fire engines go past and they're blaring the sirens, the police go past and they're blaring the sirens. And I I live about ten minutes walk away from the police station, and about fifteen minutes walk away from the major hospital in the centre of Newcastle. So the ambulances come out out of the hospital down St James's Boulevard which is past the back of where I live and the fire engines come come down Westgate Road which is down the side of where I live and the police go up Westmoreland Road which is down the side of where I live so I've got how many people it's a uh, it's about 300,000 north of the Tyne and about another 250,000 south of the Tyne in Gateshead so it's a it's an old place so Newcastle it's a, it goes back to Roman times at the very least it goes back to Roman times it's a it's a farming market town originally it was where people from Northumberland and Durham used to bring their, their sheep in and their goats and their horses or whatever it was they were selling and it's just it's literally just up over the road from where I am at the moment by where the central station is yeah about half a million just over half a million I think in the in the in the build-up area but then in the northeast in the kind of area that's the northeast is a million and a half altogether if you include Sunderland and Hartlepool oh, I was going to talk about I was going to talk about mascots because 
They were talking about mascots, and uh, Captain Fred was talking about mas- uh, saying I should have a mascot. So, I'm pretty sure that you guys don't know the story of the uh, of the Napoleonic Wars and how it affected Hartlepool. But uh, there was a there's a story of uh, of a shipwreck off the coast of Hartlepool, and. Uh, one of the things that was shipwrecked was a monkey. It was a, I don't know, a, a baboon or a lemur or something. I don't know what it was exactly, but uh, of course the population of the population of Hartlepool during the Napoleonic Wars, they didn't, they don't know the difference between a a baboon and a Frenchman, and we were and we were at war with the French, so. So the monkey was hung in the market square as a spy. That's that's the story, and that's why Hartlepool Hartlepool's football club has a has a monkey as a mascot. So I don't know what kind of mascot I would have, Captain Fred. I'm not keen on your suggestion of a mollusk or a virus. Well, viruses don't exist, so I I could have the idea of a virus as a as a mascot but I don't want an actual virus because there aren't any actual viruses so I'm still thinking about the about the mascot idea if, if you've got any suggestions anybody out there if you've got any suggestions I'm pleased to hear them I may not use them but you might get a mention on the radio show or the podcast at some point if I think they're think they're amusing or they're appropriate in some way yeah we've got We've got uh, emojis of monkeys now in the chat room. So this is, uh, oh, emoji metaphysics. Let's talk about emoji metaphysics for a minute. So one of the things I was doing a few years ago was use, was uh, trying to figure out, because when you think about it, emojis are symbols. They're a combination of colons and brackets and, and odd, odd things that are on keyboards. So that's a, it's just a symbol. It's a combination of symbols. So what it comes down to is sigil magic. It's the equivalent of a, a medieval sigil magic. So I was using using emoji on on Facebook in Facebook Messenger to kind of adapt the energy of face, Facebook Messenger and the conversations I was having. So yeah, the monkey. I'm not sure I want to use a monkey as a mascot, though. And a mollusk. Well, mollusk. We're in... We're in... We're in... Astrological sign territory, aren't we? We're in Cancer, which is a soft... Soft with an external shell. We're in a kind of crab situation. Or a lobster situation. So... I don't know. I don't know whether that's me. It's not... I'm not... certainly not a mollusk. But I do have a protective shell around me. There's no doubt about that. So, and I don't want to use a monkey. Monkeys, the the monkey hanger story is uh, it's amusing. It amuses everybody all the time in the northeast. People from Hartlepool are called monkey hangers. That's how that's how much it amuses people in the northeast to take the Mickey out of people from Hartlepool. But uh, but they didn't know. They didn't know. It was the 18. It was an like the 18th century, they didn't know. 
they probably never met anybody from well they mustn't have ever met anybody from France so I'm gonna find another another five minute video to play so I'm just gonna have a look on uh, on BitChute for something something I don't know what we'll do we'll do the news and politics section we'll finish with a bit of politics and uh, I'll find a little bit of a clip from GB News There's always something on GB News that's worth playing. At least in a in a podcast situation, I use them all the time. Right, so this is uh, somebody to Alistair Stewart and friends talking about the. Conservative Party leadership election. This should keep us going for a little bit. Uh, Justin, we had a bit of a giggle when our mutual friend Tom Tugendhat fell out of the race. Your phone was buzzing while you were talking to Darren McCaffrey and you said, but no one had ever been more popular. However, a big fail on the part of the other two candidates because none had offered you an ice lolly. <laughs> well, actually... I'm sending this to that. you in an See, ice box. I, I, I'd, I'd vote for you. Uh, that was actually it was when uh, it was when Kemi was knocked out because I was supporting the Kemi uh, campaign, and literally within about ten seconds of her not uh, getting enough votes, I had so many messages on my phone with offers to meet, and over the following twenty-four hours, as one of those fifty-nine yeah. floating voters, I proved very popular, but not one of them, despite the very hot weather. Off for an ice cream. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I do apologise. I, I muddled up between <laughs> Kemi, but we lost Kemi, we lost Tom, we lost Penny, and it's now down yeah. to the final two. Have either of them yet managed to persuade you uh, that you? Sh I mean, you've, you've had your vote. You could tell us which of them you voted for for the final two. But more importantly, whether you will wave a flag uh, in your constituency in support of one or other of the candidates. Well, I, I'm genuinely torn. Look, I, I was a supporter of the Prime Minister. I was there to the very end. And once we had a very crowded field to replace them, I, I chose Kemi. It's not somebody I knew personally, but I'd seen her firsthand in select committees at the dispatch box. And I thought she just had that extra bit of magic. She could engage across the particular uh, spectrum. She answered questions. She was straight talking. And you would know as a journalist, having people who will answer questions makes for better viewing. And I just thought it's very difficult to follow the current prime minister. He's a one-off. And I thought Kemi gave us that opportunity to renew as a party head of a fifth term. Now, uh, Kemi went beyond all expectations. People didn't think she'd get nominated. They thought she'd be out in the first or the second round. She beat former chancellors, senior, well-established candidates. And we're you know, incredibly proud that she came forth and she is definitely one for the future. Then uh, I was chased by all three colleagues, good colleagues. All three would make a good prime minister. We're now down to the final two. But I was probably last to vote on Wednesday. I, I, my pen was over that ballot paper for five minutes. It was a really difficult decision. But I now just, same as any other member, there's about 200,000 of us have now got to make that decision the next six weeks. And I'm you know, going to have to think long and hard. They've both got strengths. But at the moment, they both need to do more. I'm I didn't interrupt for a moment there because I'm intrigued in that analysis of what was going on in your head um, and how you got to that point. And, and I respect the fact that, that you, you clearly haven't yet decided. And let's just underline that point. 
But I'm intrigued also to know whether you're picking that up as well amongst your constituents within your local party association. Because you said at the very top of it that you were a Boris Johnson supporter, you wished it hadn't happened, it has happened. And you've got the Christopher Hope reports in The Telegraph about a write-in campaign, thousands of people saying it should be Boris, Boris should have a chance, and him leaving... Get on top of Google search with local services ads. In business, you can always do with a little more. Like being seen by more locals right when they need you. And for that, there's Google. This bird is mine. It's for tonight. My socks are high, my shoes are white I fall asleep in broad daylight I yell at kids when they're on the bikes Slow down, slow down You are on the wrong side My wife and I got in the spat Got she changed the thermostat <laughs> I make loud noises when I stand The grocery store plays my favorite band And I wear it on sunscreen So I don't get to burn And I don't understand TikTok Oh holy crap I've turned into my dad My dad, you know it What's the drama at school now? There's not really any. Getting on quick. The babysitter's miserable. What are you jam? Because my small talk is uncomfortable. This new song is amazing. I thought I'd be hip and I played hip hop. I should not have chosen WAP. Do you know what that stands for? Nope. You know what, Mr. Holderness, I think I might just swap. We're pretty you close. Should. Yeah, okay. I'm good. Later, dude. Bye. All right. I check the weather constantly. Yeah. I get up two times to go to pee. Yeah. I don't understand Instagram, and I'm not willing to learn. Cause I post an IG story, and holy crap, I've turned into my dad. My dad, you know it. I'm my dad. Anybody getting in fights with, in the lunchroom? No, fights don't really happen. Uh, don't even get me started. Girl. You're doing a really good job. I'm, I'm being like more creepy than I want to be. <laughs> so let's, I'm going to try less creepy. Don't take them. Don't take them. Ben, don't take All right, so that was free association. Made it up as I went along, but it turned out all right. Hey, we'll see you next week. Have a good weekend, and bye for now.
Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio. Hey everyone, it's Barbara Jean Lindsay, the Cosmic Oracle. If you have questions about your past lives or future plans, need answers from the cosmos about your love life or career, or just want to keep your finger on the pulse of the planet, check out my show, The Cosmic Oracle, here on Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. Hi, I'm Bill Johnson. Some consider my efforts to be an underground law school. I am not an attorney, and I do not give legal advice. I teach. That's lawful and legal. Consider yourself served. You are to appear Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, Studio A. My forte? Foreclosure and contract law. Grab your legal pad and pen. Learn a broad spectrum of law spanning administrative, criminal, family, tort, and federal law. Fools and losers cling to old cases. I dissect and comment on the latest rulings that control the courts. Don't be a loser. And if you don't appear, you will be held in contempt. Are you interested in the paranormal? Murder mystery? Real natural law? Do you enjoy interviews with amazing guests? Then join Crip Rick every Monday night, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Revolution Radio. Studio A, freedomslips.com. Crip Rick's hyphen, thank you. Welcome to the Crypt. <laughs> what the heck is the truth, Jihad? Hey, I'm Kevin Barrett, host of Truth.